You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. Yeah, Monday. Good morning and welcome <laughs> to the scrimmage. I'm Daniel Hargrove. And I'm Justin Domashevitz. We've also got a special guest co-host. I don't know how much of a special guest he is anymore. He's yeah. been with us so many times. <laughs> He's like one of the guys. Braden Dorman here with us, as well as our trusty producer, Andrew Gross, trying to make us sound as good as possible. we got lots of good stuff to talk about today, including some Seahawks stuff. As well as Blazers <laughs> stuff. Wow. Yeah. No. Hot drama in the bubble in the NBA. We're going to get to that Hot as bubble well. Drama. <laughs> but first, let's get it going with the two-minute drill. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Hello. Got to hurry, got to hurry, got to hurry. Hey, two-minute situation. 44 seconds. Hand the ball to the ref. Gun duel right, gun duel right. Three jet Buckeye. Don't worry. The two-minute drill starts now. Daniel, should San Francisco Giants outfielder Hunter Pence feel quote-unquote awful for spoiling Johnny Cueto's no-hit bid against the Los Angeles Dodgers on Saturday with a fielding blunder in the sixth inning. Well, yeah, I mean, you should feel awful every time you have a fielding blunder, but (laughs) the fact that he didn't go the rest of the game with only one hit kind of makes me feel, okay, who cares? If that's going to throw you off completely, that you're going to then give up a three-run bomb later in that inning, like... It's not your fault that he messed up. If he was walking that tight of a rope to have that be the problem, get over yourself, make the next pitch, figure it out. The NBA has fined Golden State Warriors forward Draymond Green $50,000 for tampering because of comments he made about Phoenix Suns guard Devin Booker while he was serving as a TNT analyst. Justin, you've seen Green's comments. Was he tampering? You know, I really don't care about player tampering, to be honest. There's so many way that the ways that these guys can communicate with each other. If Draymond Green wants to tamper, he doesn't have to go on to a TNT broadcast to do it. He could just text Devin Booker. So I don't really think it's that big a deal. I understand that the league feels like they need to make a statement about it because one of the things fans get most upset about is super teams, and super teams are formed by tampering between players. So I get that they're trying to make a statement, but I don't think... Was he tampering? Yes. Does it matter to me? No. (laughs) Quinton Dunbar had a busy week. Not only were his charges dropped due to lack of evidence, but he was also taken off of the commissioner's exempt list. Braden, does the addition of Dunbar along with Jamal Adams make this the best secondary in the league for the Seahawks? Well, first off, hopefully he's not suspended. But, uh... I don't think they're the best yet. I think you have to think about Earl Thomas and the Ravens. I think they have a really good secondary. And then you have to think about Stephon Gilmore and the McCourty twins on the Patriots. But those are all old guys, and the Seahawks have a really good set of young guys. So I don't think they're the best yet, but I think in a couple years they're going to be the best. And it won't be quite Legion of Boom type, you know, but they're going to be probably the best here in about two or three years. At least we hope so. Packers coach Matt LaFleur said last week that he hopes Aaron Rodgers can play in Green Bay as long as he wants to. LaFleur said in part, Aaron's our quarterback and I see him here for a really long time. 
why we drafted somebody first. Justin, do you also think that Rodgers will be a Packer for a really long time? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, uh, that's not on you. <laughs> I don't have the show sheet up yet because I lost internet. It wouldn't have the helped. the show started. It wouldn't have helped. <laughs> <laughs> How do you draft a quarterback in the first round and then say, oh, yeah, he's going to be here for a really long time? Like, I get the draft and develop and trade a quarterback strategy if you have a good quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, but not in the first round. Like, isn't that kind of sending a message saying, yeah, we're looking to the future? Did they trade up? Yeah, also because they traded up for him. Yeah. Because LaFleur afterwards said, well, he was the best player on our board. He was the best player on your board for a pick that you traded up to get. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, (laughs) it's they they definitely drafted the quarterback of their future. Well, it's also Aaron Rodgers and – if maybe Russell Wilson in five, ten years, and the Seahawks do something similar, he he'll be more understanding. But Aaron Rodgers is a guy. It's like it's it's about me, and I'm the guy. And he obviously took offense to it. And I don't know when his contract ends, but I don't see him being a Packer for too too many more years. Yeah. I what I do it, think that. Years? Yeah, well, for for Rodgers, he's yeah. got four more years left on the deal, <laughs> but. I think after two years, they could potentially trade him away without getting too much of a salary cap hit, I think is what it was. I actually think, based on my impression of what Aaron Rodgers is like as a person leading up to this, I think he went into this thinking, man, I was that guy. And when I was that guy, Brett Favre treated me like crap, and I don't want to do that. And I actually think he may have been better in this situation as far as how he handled things like directly between him and Jordan Love. I think he was a little more classy and understanding than I expected him to be. But um we'll see how that how it stays that way like over the course of the next couple years as he's dealing with it cuz I I can't imagine him just deciding to be a perfect mentor like all the way through for a guy that's going to be competing for his job in a couple years. Yeah, absolutely. What what are your guys' thoughts on the uh, the no hit bit, especially you, Braden? If if somebody makes a fielding blunder, ruins the no hitter, but then the fit- the pitcher falls apart after that, how bad do you feel about it? If you're the one who kind of made that error or mistake, like in my mind, I'd be like, oh, thank goodness he didn't like go perfect the rest of the day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you obviously feel bad. I mean. He had this. Thing, he had the no hitter, but it also it probably would have happened to any, mostly everybody else on the field. He's an MLB MLB player. He's there for a reason, and, and he, the ball got stuck got stuck in the sky. I don't, like he couldn't see it. So I mean, if he had dropped an easy one, I would have felt a lot worse. But he just couldn't see the ball. So it's a kind of a weird situation. But uh, hopefully the pitcher didn't give him too much for it. <laughs> I think it's important for him to tell the pitcher, "Man, I feel awful about that." But like internally he should feel like okay i misplayed that but then you let up four runs including a three-run dong in that same (laughs) inning and they still won and they still won they still won ultimately like you said daniel you should feel bad every time you make a defensive mistake in major league baseball (laughs) yeah but i think like he needs to tell his pitcher oh sorry bro i really blew it my bad just for like the you know team side of it yeah but uh he really shouldn't feel too bad 
Well, we will get more into the Seahawks and Quentin Dunbar and some of the other situations that they're going after later as they hopefully will continue to address their defensive line. But first, let's get the uh, Stump Daniel going with Justin's favorite part of the show. Okay, yes. I'm, I've been inspired by NBA basketball. Oh, no. And I think... Every different kind of Stump Daniel we do, you know, we've got Name That Mariner, we've got Whose Stats Are Those. I really like it when we have ones that have a really catchy name. Okay. So the name that I came up with for this one is, which NBA team does this basketball player play for in the NBA bubble at Disney World? So Daniel, (laughs) are you ready for round one of, which NBA team does this basketball player play for in the NBA bubble at Disney World? This is not good because I'm not even sure what all teams are in the NBA bubble. (laughs) I also could have gone super obscure. Well, yeah, because hasn't there been like guys just signed off the streets pretty much to fill fill teams? Yes, but because I wanted to make it fair, I only included guys on this list who scored 20 or more points in the past week. Whoa, you better help. get these. No, shut yeah, up, You Brady. better get them if you've been paying attention. <laughs> no, so here's what I'm thinking. I haven't. I will ask the question. <laughs> Daniel, you get to try to get it. If you don't get it, Braden gets to try to get it. Okay. If I get it, he should get less points. <laughs> if Braden gets it, then we subtract six points off of Daniel's score. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. I'm expecting Braden to do way better than me at this. I'm going to start with one that you should be embarrassed if you don't get. Because we literally talked about this guy last week. He is the leading scorer. He is the leading scorer in the bubble. The only guy to score 50 plus points. Daniel, TJ Warren. What team does TJ Warren play for? Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Can I look at the NBA standings? No. Just the standings? (laughs) No. That's not going to help you. Could he, could well, he look, I, yeah, it he would help me. A list of, of just, NBA, just a oh, just list of NBA teams. teams. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> we did. We had a two-minute drill question about TJ Warren last week. The Brooklyn Nets. Oh, that is no. not correct. So, Daniel, that's a no. Braden, what team does TJ Warren play for? <laughs> the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers ah. is correct. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. This is another one. You, Daniel, you're going to get this one. Okay? Is it Damian Lillard? It's not Damian Lillard. <laughs> That's a you're guess. Gonna get this That's one. a wrong guess right there. <laughs> Daniel, which team does this basketball player play for in the NBA bubble at Disney World? Chris Paul. What team does Chris Paul play for? I didn't think they were in the bubble. Wait. <laughs> he plays for the Thunder. He plays for the Thunder. That is correct, Daniel. You got one. That was going to be really embarrassing. If you yeah. <laughs> and they are in the that's, bubble. That's how bad it is, though, Braden. Like, I, for some reason, thought that the Thunder weren't even there. They're like... They're playing they're well. They're fourth or fifth seed. Yeah, they're the yeah. fifth West. seed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next one, Daniel. Which NBA team does this basketball player play for in the NBA bubble at Disney World? That's good. Quinn Cook. Huh? Quinn Cook. Tell him what college you went to. Maybe that'll help him. <laughs> what college, Braden? Duke. Oh, God. He's a dookie. <laughs> um, Quinn Cook plays for... 
the Orlando Magic. That is not correct, Braden. What team does Quinn Cook play for? The Lakers. He plays for the Lakers. Very good. <laughs> what's, so far, what's the score right now? Uh, well, Braden has two. Daniel has one. So you have negative one or negative eleven. <laughs> Because you lose six points every time Braden gets one right. Okay. That might not be fair, but... <laughs> the next one. It's not designed to be fair. That's true. Daniel, which NBA team does this basketball player play for in the NBA bubble at Disney World? Should I keep asking that every time? No. Okay. Yes, please. definitely. Dear the Lord, next stop. name. This is a guy who you really liked in college and then later claimed you didn't know who he was. <laughs> oh, seriously? Malcolm Brogdon. I really liked Malcolm Brogdon. He played for Virginia. He was the ACC oh. Player of the Year. Yeah, that would that would. What team yeah. does Malcolm Brogdon play for? Oh, uh, gosh! Scored twenty four points the other day. Malcolm Brogdon. In fact, his season average is sixteen point six. He's uh, one of the, I believe, eight players in NBA history who have been been in the fifty forty ninety club. 50, 40, 90. 50% shooting from the field, 40% from the three-point line, 90% from the free-throw line I'm, for a season. I'm going to say the – oh, gosh. Um, You're going to have to be faster. We have 20 of these. 20? <laughs> Fine. Or Orlando Magic. No, that is not correct. <laughs> Braden, what team does Malcolm Brogdon play for? I'm kind of second-guessing this, but I think it's a team we've already done. I think it's the Pacers. It is the Pacers. Okay. Braden is correct again. Daniel is wrong again. <laughs> and my computer is frozen. Nope. Wait. Up. Back. Down again. Hold on. Yep. Okay. Next <laughs> player. Off and on again. <laughs> Jalen Brown. Daniel, what team does Jalen Brown play for? Okay. I actually... Remember his name at least. Uh, does he play for the Celtics? That is correct. Nice. Jalen Brown does play for the Celtics. Right now, Daniel, you've gotten two right. Braden has gotten three right, so your course your score stands at negative sixteen. <laughs> okay, next one, Daniel. This player scored twenty-two points the other day against the Blazers. What team does Jeff Green play for? I gave you a little hint there because you know that it's a team that played against the yeah. Blazers within the last week. Well, I thought that he – did he play for the Celtics at one point? I no think? hints. Okay. Uh, let's see, who else have they played? Uh, I'm going to say the Houston Rockets. The Rockets is correct. Okay. With the hint, you were able to get it. Yep. Very good. Okay, next player, Daniel. I think you'll get this one, too. Okay. Fred Van Vliet. What team does Fred Van Vliet play for? Oh, I loved him in college. Oh, Fred Van Vliet plays for... Gosh, I feel like I've guessed him like three times already. Uh, the Orlando Magic. That is not correct. <laughs> Braden, what team does Van Vliet play for? The Toronto Raptors. The Toronto Raptors. Oh, he no. was part of the NBA championship team last year. One of their best players. Yeah, I remember that now. <laughs> this is a name you should remember, Daniel. Although I don't know if you'll know what team he's on. Michael Porter Jr. 
Oh, he, yeah. Uh, he plays for the Nuggets. That is nice. correct. He does play for the Nuggets. He was a Husky, or he was supposed to be a Husky. Yeah. And he ended up going to Missouri, and now he plays for the Nuggets. Scored 23 points against the Jazz earlier this week. Yeah, he had a big game against the Blazers, too. That's why I knew that one. All right. <laughs> I've watched all the Blazers highlights. <laughs> Next player scored 21 points earlier this week. Jeremy Grant. Daniel, what team does Jeremy Grant play for? It's spelled weird. J-E-R-A-M-I. That doesn't help. Um, he plays for the Miami Heat. That is incorrect. Raiden, do you know this is a tough one? I'm pretty sure you're messing with him. You're going back-to-back nuggets. I did. I okay. went back-to-back nuggets. So far, Braden has picked up the slack on every single one that Daniel has gotten wrong, which has been more than half. Okay, Daniel. Please get this one right. I tried. There's a few in here that I tried to lob up, lob up some softballs to you. What I this thought is, you, this is telling me that every time we talk about the NBA, we just need to have Braden come and take my place. <laughs> I <laughs> thought you'd get Van Vliet. I really did. I'm, I'm real. That's the one that I'm really upset about. Daniel, what team does DeAndre Ayton play for? Oh, he plays for the Phoenix Suns. For the Suns. Very good. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Next one. Scored 20 points earlier this week. Javon Carter. What team does Javon Carter play for? Ooh. This is this is a super obscure one. Actually, it gets a little harder after this. <laughs> Javon Carter, or he averaged four point nine points this season, but he happened to score twenty points earlier this week. Hmm. Uh, let's go with the Utah Jazz. Ooh, I'm sorry, that's not correct. Braden, you're undefeated up to this point. Do you know <laughs> this one? I know he was for sure on this team at one point. I don't know if he still is. Oh, actually, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna go Brooklyn Nets. It is not the oh. Nets. Is it the Me- Memphis Grizzlies? Nope. Okay. It's get, the, okay. He also plays he for the, the Suns. Game. He plays with uh, with DeAndre Ayton on the Suns. Okay. Next one. You have to have heard of this guy, Dorian Finney-Smith. Daniel, what team does Dorian Finney-Smith play? He he scored 27 points earlier this week. I have not heard of this guy. Uh, let's. I'm, I figure if I guess this team enough, somebody will eventually play for him. The Orlando Magic. No, he does Dang. not play for the Magic. Braden, what team does Dorian Finney-Smith play for? Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks. He scored 27 in that big win against the Bucks. That uh, Luka Doncic had 19 assists in that game. This is a tough one. Jordan Clarkson, Daniel. It should be a name you know, but he's also a team hopper. What team does Jordan Clarkson play for? The... I'm going to say... The Dallas Mavericks. Ooh, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. He plays for, Braden? I think the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz. I saw it in Braden's eyes that he thought he knew that one. Okay, next player. Braden's really good at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Derek White. Daniel, what team does Derek White play? Braden knows this one. How? You should know this one. He had a he had a huge game, like a huge game or huge se- He did something big last year and like became a star for a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Derek White? Yeah. Are you sure that's just not like a random creative player or generic name that they throw in? <laughs> He's a real person. Uh, is he Evan White's I brother? I didn't check his birth certificate to make sure that that's his real name. 
That's not part of this game. How about the... Gosh. <laughs> How about the Heat? That is not correct. Braden, what team does Derek White play for? Spurs. San Antonio Spurs. That is correct. This is I the can't worst. count high enough <laughs> to see your negative score right now, Daniel. Yeah. Okay. We have six more. Duncan Robinson, Daniel. What team does Duncan Robinson play for? You gotta know this one. You can't scoff at me. He's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. <laughs> the Grizzlies. Nope. Braden, what team does he play for? The Miami Heat. The Miami Heat. <laughs> the team he's been guessing. The team you just guessed and got wrong. Daniel, which NBA team does this basketball player play for in the NBA bubble at Disney World? The Monstars. Dylan Brooks. <laughs> what team does Dylan Brooks play for? Oh, that name actually sounds familiar. Yeah, he averaged 15.9 <laughs> points per game this season, so he's not he's not a nobody. Uh, gosh, this I'm. If Braden wasn't here, this would be the worst ever. At least somebody can answer questions. I think Braden being I here is be making worse. you look worse. <laughs> he's got. He's only missed I'm, one. I'm glad that somebody knows the answers. <laughs> I know all the answers. Uh, Miami Heat. No, that is not correct. What team, Braden? What team does Dylan Brooks play for? Well, I actually saw him in an airport once, so he used to play for Oregon. Oh, okay. Uh, that helps yep. it. But, uh, he's, he's very on, good. On the Grizzlies. Yep, he plays for the Grizzlies. Another one for Braden. Okay, Daniel. <laughs> Bogdan Bogdanovich. What team does Bogdan Bogdanovich play for? Oh, that's the really tall guy, right? Nope. No. Well, he's tall. He's a basketball player. He's thinking about Boban. You're thinking yeah. of Boban. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that completely changes. No, I didn't know it anyway. <laughs> oh. He plays for the Mavericks? I would have thought that eventually if you keep guessing random teams, you'd get one right, but you are failing badly. He does not play for the Mavs. Braden, do you know what team Bogdan plays for? The Kings? The Kings is correct. I'm not sharing answers with him, by the way. He's just really good at this. Okay. Yeah. Three more, Daniel. You got to get this one. Joe Harris. Oh. I should know where Joe Harris plays. I know. I know you should. He's another guy I liked in college. <laughs> Maybe I should just... Uh... He also won the three-point shooting contest a couple years ago at the All-Star game. Um, come on, picture it in your head. What jersey was he wearing? <laughs> I don't have to picture it in my head. I already know. <laughs> Joe Harris... Uh, this is just demoralizing. The Orlando Magic. That is not correct. Braden, what team does Joe Harris play for? The Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets is correct. Okay, Daniel. This guy scored 22 points earlier this week against the 76ers, and he's an 18.5 points per game guy during the regular season. 
So he's a, he's a good scorer. You will know this name. Okay. What team does Evan Fournier play for? Oh, boy. Uh... <laughs> who did you say he scored? It was against the 76ers? Yeah. Clock's ticking here, Daniel. You know, I may have been able to do as well as Daniel. I think you probably could have. You probably could have guessed randomly <laughs> all the whole time right. and gotten some right. Uh, gosh. <laughs> um, Are you looking at the scores to see who they played, who no, played against the 76ers this no, week? No, <laughs> I'm just – all I'm looking at is the list of teams. Okay. In the NBA. Okay. That's all I'm looking at, which okay. is probably cheating, but could you imagine this going any worse? <laughs> I mean, if so this far. is you cheating, <laughs> I don't want to know what this would have been like if you hadn't cheated. <laughs> I want to say the magic. It is the magic. Is magic. Eventually, Finally. eventually Finally. that had to pay off. Now it's going to hurt if he didn't get that one. <laughs> Daniel, you have to get this one because you are a Gonzaga Bulldogs fan. Yes, I am. What team does Rui Hachimura play for? Oh, oh, I know that one. He plays for the Wizards. Yes, he nice. does play for the Wizards. He scored 23 points earlier this week against the Pelicans and averaged 13.4 this season. Let's see, Daniel, you got... As, as soon as you said that, I was like, okay, it's either Collins, uh, Hachimura, or Sabonis. So I was instantly <laughs> locked in on that. Well, you got... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven out of 20, right? I got seven, right? You got seven, right? Oh, I couldn't it have felt, done that. It Never felt mind. like worse. Uh, <laughs> even though I let you go first every time and Braden only got to answer the ones that you didn't get, That's he true. still got 12. <laughs> <laughs> there was only one that you both missed, and that was Javon Carter. Everyone, every other one that you didn't get, Braden got. So Braden would have got 19 out of 20. What's 12 times six? Somebody Numbers, help me out 72. here. 72. So, Daniel, you got seven right, minus 72. So your score <laughs> is negative 65. You broke the record today for lowest score in the history of Stump Daniel. Thanks to Brayden. Again, <laughs> what that showed me is every time we talk about NBA other than the Blazers, from now on, I cannot speak. Like, that is... I could have put one Blazers player in there for you. <laughs> that would have helped but i didn't yeah <laughs> well with that we're gonna take a commercial break so i can cry <laughs> just tears do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side let the law office of jeffrey a Domashevitz be your advocate if you've been the victim of medical malpractice suffered a personal injury or need representation with real estate law small business law or estate planning let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. Now again with the music, Andrew. <sighs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sounded better without it. Oh, okay. No, I'm sorry. I, uh, I was trying to get it going as quickly as I could. How did you even play it without the music? Uh, there's two versions, one with a bed and one without a bed. Whoa. So, 
that really brought back when uh, I ran into Braden one time after one of our episodes where I was just supposed to like name really bad NBA teams. <laughs> yeah. And, and I couldn't even think, think of, of NBA, NBA teams. teams. <laughs> and I gave him a pretty hard time for it. Yeah. Because so. yeah. I forgot about the uh, Charlotte team. What? Bobcats? I'll... Hornets? What are they nowadays? Hornets. <laughs> they were the Bobcats at one point. Yes, Whatever they happened were. to that? Yep. They changed it. Well, so why did they change it? My recollection of this could be wrong. I think what happened is the Charlotte Hornets moved to New Orleans, and then they started a new expansion franchise called the Bobcats. in Charlotte and called them the Bobcats. But then the New Orleans team changed their name to something else, the Pelicans, and, and the- then the Charlotte team went back to the Hornets. I think. <sighs> I was really hoping. When we got to that magic player at oh, the yeah, end, that you were going to pick another team because you were picking the magic through the whole thing. I, <laughs> I wanted you to pick somebody else. And then I really wanted you to get Rui Hachimura wrong. That would have been miserable. <laughs> I like, I like college. I pay more attention to college basketball when it's going. But that's, again, pretty specific teams mm-hmm. as well. So thankfully. He played for Gonzaga. Well, would you have known Brandon Clark? Remember, he was on Gonzaga last year. He's in the NBA now. Would you have known that one? Oh. (laughs) We're extending Stump Daniel. You know, I remember paying attention at the beginning of the year to Brandon Clark highlights. And I want to say he also plays for the Wizards. Is that true? Uh, He's with John in Memphis. Oh. In the bubble. Actually, what about, what he, threw, he threw a lob to John ja Morant in a game the other day. Like, you'd think it would be the other way around. But yeah. he threw an alley-oop lob to John ja Morant. Well, Morant just freaking skies, He's too. Crazy, yeah. Like, some of the – in the highlights of the Blazers-Memphis game, holy crap. Mm-hmm. Like, it he blows my mind. So, anyway, we're going from that to, again, talking about the NBA. So, I feel like I should just let you and Braden talk about <laughs> – about the uh, Blazers bubble action, although I have been watching some of the highlights, but I haven't seen the Clippers highlights yet. It's disappointing because um, this game that the Blazers lost to the Clippers in the end, I mean, it really would have put them in an incredible position. They have a very difficult schedule down the stretch, and it felt like, oh, you're down by one. The game's almost over. Dame's at the line. You got this. Because he's been one of the best clutch shooters and one of the best clutch free throw shooters in the NBA throughout the whole course of his career. And inexplicably he shorted two consecutive free throws. Like they looked ugly. Like he did, he shorted them badly. Um, so what ended up happening is Blazers stay down by one. They end up losing by five. And the thing that really struck me about the whole thing is like, I, I've never liked Patrick Beverly. I think he's incredibly obnoxious. Yes. And the way he reacted to that really confirmed in my mind that he might be the most obnoxious person, uh, not just in the NBA, but in the world. (laughs) He was like doing this. uh, First of all, he mouthed uh, like Dame time and was making fun of the, you know, tapping your wrist celebration. And then he was like, doing this over-the-top laughter, like, falling over laughing about it. Yeah. And it was really way over the top. Um, And then after the game was over, 
they had a little bit of a social media beef where um, it was kind of, it wasn't even started by the, by Dame. Dame didn't post anything. There was an Instagram post from, um, I think it was an ESPN one or something. There was something on Instagram and the players from the Clippers responded to it, um, you know, making fun of, of Damian Lillard. And one of the things Paul George says was, it's part of the game, simple as that. Some people can play with talking and some people can't. Like somehow <laughs> trying to insinuate that Damian Lillard isn't capable of playing with talking. Like I'm not exactly sure. Which is ridiculous because everybody literally, like yes. his biggest games have come against teams who won't shut up. And maybe you can like help. the Thunder. Exactly. <laughs> maybe you guys can help me understand what Beverly said. What is Cancun on three mean? Yeah, I didn't know. I think that means you're about to go on vacation. Okay. You're about to. Okay. Oh. That okay. was my only thought, but I wasn't so really. Like the Blazers are like Cancun on three, one, two, three, Cancun. Like we're. Okay. Gotcha. Let's okay. go. Okay. But the the thing about this to me is, both of these guys have been literally sent home by a Damian Lillard three. Yeah. yeah. The, when Beverly played for the Rockets in 2014. He hit a three-pointer that literally ended their season. When last year, uh, last year, two years ago, two years ago, when was it? Paul George. It was last year. Last, last year. year against the Thunder. Yeah. Literally hit a three-pointer that ended their season. On top of Paul George. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He was guarding, well, guarding him <laughs> when he did it. And even after that game, when Dame hit that three, Paul George was like, I don't care what anyone says. That's not a good shot. Like, yeah. go play defense <laughs> on him, dude. He shoots from the logo all the time. But it just seems like these guys are, like, so openly overcompensating so badly. Like, okay, you didn't just end his season. You didn't do anything. He missed free throws. Yeah. If anything, you probably just fueled him that much more. Exactly. And he's going to be scary if he makes it in the playoffs. Seriously. Exactly. So yeah, the problem I, is is they won't play the Clippers. They gotta get like, to the Lakers. That, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, but I, I had just really thought that like um, this year, Damian Lillard has just burst onto the national scene. He's finally starting to get the respect that he should have been getting all along. Really similarly to the way that Russell Wilson has been slowly getting respect until now, people recognize him as an elite player. What do you guys think about, like, this general social media beef kind of thing? Because I, there's a part of me that sort of wished that Lillard would have just left it alone. Um, but, you know, they all get into it with each other. So what do you think about players getting on social media and having these public beefs? It's, it's prevalent, especially in the NBA right now. Yeah, I was going to say, you really... Usually you only find it in the NBA. Like the NBA has kind of turned into the big explosion of its popularity, I feel like has been a big part due to how much drama there is and then how much of that is on social media and the back and forths and the player beefs. And some of it can even seem fabricated at some point. Like, mm -hmm. like hey, we want more attention, so – you know, we're going to go out and say these things. And then you see the players like interact personally and it never seems to be that big of a deal. But on social media, it seems like they absolutely are just going after each other. And I think that's a big reason why it is so popular and also why you see so many people as fans of the NBA aren't fans of teams. They're fans of the players. players yeah. 
and they latch on to that so much more than like, okay, what's this team doing? And the team rivalries aren't really there as much as the player rivalries. Mm-hmm. Like people weren't talking about Blazers versus Thunder last year. It was Lillard versus Westbrook. Yeah. Like that's that's what you're looking at more. And Patrick Beverly, Beverly is just – I mean the frustrating thing to me is so many times, especially in the NBA, defensive players are viewed as they are like – big trash talker, pest type guys who are just trying to be annoying all the time. And it's frustrating because you don't have to be that as a defensive player. You can just go and lock somebody down and not and not have to say anything. And yet all of the most popular defensive players are these really annoying people like Bruce Bowen who would just like step under people's feet and Beverly who would do dirty stuff and won't shut up. Like it's... Well, Gary Payton was known as a pretty big trash talker, And Gary Payton was a huge trash talker. But I'm not sure if he ever did any stuff that I would picture as dirty. But I think I would have been more annoyed by his trash talking had I been an adult when I was a fan of his. (laughs) Or if he would have had social media. Yeah, then because that the, probably would have been more frustrating. It was different him. in that area. We didn't know all the stuff. Like people didn't know while he was playing what a massive jerk Michael Jordan was. Yeah, that stuff really didn't start coming out until way after his career was over. But it, I don't know. It's just interesting. And then defensive players always. I mean, you're gonna give up points to scorers. So anytime you give up a big shot at the end of the game, everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, he showed him up with that three. And it's like. Well, in the NBA, everything is slanted towards the offensive player. Like, it's really hard to actually lock somebody down now. But, I don't know. Sorry. Andrew's breaking, breaking stuff He's over breaking here. stuff over there. I don't know, Braden. How do you feel about the beefs that come out and how Lillard responded? Because it did. It went back and forth for a while. Yeah, I mean, I just think they're probably going to... If, if, if Lillard finds a way to get back to playing them, it's not going to be good for them. And also, I, I do I do think social media just blows everything out of out of proportion, and NBA makes a lot of their money off of it. Like Zion Williamson wouldn't be the guy he is today if all of his high school highlights didn't blow up. Like he's been hyped up since he was seventeen years old. And then, as you said, they they don't talk about what teams are playing each other. They're talking about like the matchups because they're they beef over social media. Like we talked about T.J. Warren a little earlier, and him and Jimmy Butler got into mm-hmm. this thing. Yep. And I just saw a post maybe yesterday saying Monday Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren will battle it out. Not talking about the Heat and the Pacers, but about the two players who might get into a fight or something. So the NBA definitely, it's just part of who they are, I guess. I think because it's such a star-driven league, and like you know, in well, first of all, nobody pays attention to baseball, but baseball is so <laughs> no. there's so little like as an individual can do. In baseball, like it really takes a team, and in football, you know the quarterbacks. A lot of the quarterbacks are high profile, but when the guys are on the field, they're wearing helmets. You don't get as many close-up shots. Like you don't, you don't get quite as much exposure. And then also the teams are bigger. But in basketball, the individual players make so much more of a difference. There's tons of close-up shots. Their faces are not blocked throughout the whole game. Like you get more recognition for those guys and i think that's why the nba markets it that way like going into the bubble scenario everybody was looking at it going okay well which matchups is the nba trying to create by doing it this way mm-hmm. and the really obvious one was the zion Getting williamson the and john morant yeah because they're the two rookies you know if 
Zion had been able to play the whole year, he'd be in the rookie of the year race with Ja most likely. Um, and it seemed like it was set up for those two teams to have a pretty good shot of being eight and nine and having to have a play in game um, to get or two to get into the playoffs. So, um, it's, so how does that work as we get into the standings and things? So right now, Memphis is up a game on Portland. Yep. So how many games do you have to be within? You have Three. to be within. I I think I saw it was four. Four. I mean, is, at this point, whatever team is nine, there's gonna be a play-in game, because all no matter who it is, they're gonna and, be close enough. And what happens if two teams in the nine spot are tied? The one thing that I heard from the beginning, and I'm not entirely sure if this is true, the Blazers have played more games, and that they had an advantage because they'd have a better chance to have a higher win percentage, even if they were, and that might be the tiebreaker. So I don't know for sure what the tiebreaker is, but I did hear that discussed at the beginning, that that was an advantage the Blazers had. Um, So they wouldn't have them then play a game, they would do a tiebreaker just by win percentage if you're tied in the nine spot? I think so. I think there are tiebreakers built in so you wouldn't have a play-in game to nine to get to the play-in game to eight. Okay. In the NBA, they have, like, a schedule that's panned out until the very end of the season. So, like, they have two days set in stone for the play-in games if they're needed, but they don't have a day set in stone if there's another tiebreaker. So I'm assuming it's not going to be a game that decides it. But I don't know what it is. I mean, the logjam around the eight seed has gotten really interesting. It's so tight right and now. And it's been a roller coaster for Portland because, like we talked about last week in the beginning. And they only have three games left? Yeah. Wow. In the beginning, everything was breaking right for for the Blazers. Like, everything went right right off the bat. And then they lost a game. And then things were kind of going badly. And the Pelicans won a game. Well, then the Pelicans lost again. And, like, it's just gone so back and forth. But the one consistent thing is that a team came out of nowhere. The Phoenix Suns are the only undefeated team in the bubble. They're 5-0. and They're within a half game of the Blazers right now. And they were a complete afterthought. When people were talking about who was going to be the 8-9, and nine, nobody thought it was going to be the Phoenix Suns. And now here they are right in the thick of it. But even behind that, so you got Portland one game behind Memphis. Um, and it looks like the Spurs are in that same. The Spurs must have won today. I think they huh? just beat the Pelicans. Yeah. Then. So, and we we are recording before the Blazers game, so we don't know what happens in that one. Um, but you got Spurs and Portland that are both one game behind Memphis, and then Phoenix a half game behind that. The Pelicans a game behind Phoenix, but with nothing but cupcake games down the stretch. But I do think if Portland wins today, I think New Orleans is eliminated. Good. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we're that close to it because Portland, as I mentioned, only has three games left. So you start getting into those scenarios where one team wins, one team loses, mm-hmm. or if both happens, then teams are starting to get eliminated because there's just not enough games. If So it's just the top two teams, right? Mm-hmm. Because Memphis went in as the eight seed, that doesn't mean that they're automatically in one of the play-in games, right? Correct. Nope. So if they lose their last three games... They could be out completely. They probably will be out if they lose their last three. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. It's yeah. just we're getting into the like the restart for me has been really exciting to watch the Blazers play, but it didn't really get to all of this interesting stuff now of how it's gonna finish yeah. in there until right now, hearing Braden talk about that, like, yeah, if the Blazers win and the Pelicans lose, or if the Blazers win then the Pelicans are out, it's like, okay, we're getting down into it now. 
like you would see at the end of the NBA season. And that's the fascinating stuff to me. The other interesting thing is that the Lakers are going to be the one seed. They've been bad, like flat out bad. Even while LeBron's been playing sometimes, they've been flat out bad. And he sat out a game too. But they have not seemed to get in any kind of a rhythm um, and they've lost three in a row well, who, and four of their last five. Didn't they have a couple of pretty big players opt out? Yeah, they had Avery Bradley. That was a big loss. Um, also, they don't have Rondo, but I don't remember if that was an opt-out or an injury. It's an injury. Yeah, yeah so they two big players out of their backcourt. So when I watched... I felt like Rondo was important, even though it might not look like it in stats that much. Well, playoff Rondo is the legend there. It's a real um, thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a real thing. He's a different guy in the playoffs. Um, I thought even watching the Lakers beat the Clippers when LeBron was off the floor, they don't have backcourt players. Like when it was like LeBron's off the floor and either Caruso or Waiters is running the the offense, running the point, and it's not good enough. So there's going to be an incredible amount of pressure on LeBron James running the point in the playoffs, and I don't know what the Lakers are going to do when he's off the floor. And who's going to stop Lillard if... I mean, I think the I think it's a good matchup for the Blazers when you talk about their uh, their backcourt. Mm-hmm. So, Well, Avery Bradley would have been the guy. Mm-hmm. That would have been the guy you put on Dame most likely to try to shut him down. But the other thing is the Lakers are really big, and so a lot of teams haven't been able to match up with them because they don't have the size. The Blazers have all the size. Yeah. They can absolutely match up size-wise um, with with LA. So well, yeah, cuz not only do you have I mean you have Nurkic and Collins back. Mm-hmm. You got Hassan Whiteside who's barely played it feels like But it in, was really good bubble. this year. And he was really good. And then also you have Carmelo Anthony who is a really big small forward as well. You have to so, call him Skinny Mellow now. Skinny I think Mello, that's all yeah. you're allowed to call him. Yeah. Call him. <laughs> Which I was worried about when I saw Skinny Mellow, I was like I wasn't sure about it because it was kind of nice to watch him bully people earlier in the year, but it works better with their new lineup. Because of having... they don't need him to be big. Exactly. Um, and actually, I was having a conversation. There was a game I missed that the Blazers won. It was the game against the Rockets. Now, was that the one? Do you remember, Braden? Is that the one where Melo hit two like, big threes down yeah. the stretch? Because Peyton like watched the last six minutes of that game, um, and he told me that Melo also made two big defensive plays down the stretch in that game because he's not quick enough anymore to, you know, be a, to try to be a great perimeter defender and he's never been a good defender, but he's been able to, with his slimmed down body, actually make some plays in passing lanes and stuff. The Blazers don't play a crap load of defense. No, but it's pretty bad. Usually, They do try to lock down and have the ability to lock down when the situation calls for it. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I would think – and, oh, actually, I don't know if you guys heard this or not, but on Danny Green's podcast, he said the team – and he plays for the Lakers – the team we would least like to face is the Blazers. I don't know why he would say that publicly, but that was what he said. <laughs> of the teams that are in that, that, the team we would least like to face is, is the Blazers. And you got to imagine it's a, because of a combination of the fact that Portland can match up with their size, but nobody wants to play Dame. No. Because on any given day or any given series, he could just explode. And the more you think about it, the Blazers have been playing for their season this whole bubble season. And I feel like the Lakers are just like, all right, let's just get to the playoffs. They've been losing games, as you've been saying. So are they going to be ready to play a team that's been playing for their lives? I don't know. I think the 
the more you think about it, the more things you think or you come up with. The Blazers have a good argument going in there and just knocking out the Lakers, and I would love to see that. I would love to see it as well. It would give Justin mixed feelings because he's all about <laughs> LeBron. But would it also give people mixed feelings about the bubble in general if you had this situation and all of a sudden, because of how many players were able to come back for the Blazers and all of that, I think if the Blazers got in and knocked out the Lakers in the first round, I think immediately people would look at the bubble differently. Well, yeah, because the Blazers weren't going to make the playoffs and now all of a sudden they get all their big superstars back. Like this would not have happened if COVID had not happened. So that there that will definitely happen if the Lakers lose, but they have to lose first and I don't know. Yeah, it's true. I do think we've we talked about this before too with the whole is there going to be an asterisk, quote unquote. What what is the deal with quote unquote? Like I don't know. Shouldn't it shouldn't it be quote and then you say the thing and then unquote afterwards? That's what I always thought. Too. Am I using the expression wrong or is it that the way everyone says it? That's how I always hear it. Quote, if unquote. I said quote asterisk unquote, that sounds wrong. It sounds weird. I'm just going to skip the whole quote thing. <laughs> Will there be an asterisk? <laughs> and you know, my opinion is an asterisk is just a way to make a note of something so there can be an asterisk without it actually taking away from it. Yeah. But I think who wins the championship, you know, like. Braden was saying that, um, or was it you that was saying, things will be viewed differently. Yeah. I can't keep track of who says what. There's too much going on. <laughs> anyway, um, I think who wins the championship is going to go a long way for how it's viewed. Like, if the Lakers or the Clippers or the Bucks win the championship, everybody's going to be fine with it. But if the Blazers or, you know, like something crazy like the Suns or, you know, if some team comes in out of nowhere that, you know, if TJ Warren leads the Pacers to the NBA Finals. Who? No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> then I think people will view it like, oh, yeah, that was just a fluky COVID season. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for the first part of the show. Don't do anything. So the second part starts. We're going to talk way more basketball in the second part. No. Oh, no. I said all of the things I know in the first part. 